Here at Visit with Spirit, we are not out to prove or disprove anything. We are not asking anyone to believe or not believe. We are asking that you, the listener, are compassionate to what our guests have experienced, whether or not you believe, that you respect their journey as we help them on their path of healing. Welcome to Visit with Spirit, and we're here to listen to stories from those who have had a paranormal experience, as well as to help them process, understand, and feel good about it. Hello, souls and spirits. Welcome to Visit with Spirit. I'm your host, Lisa. And I'm your host, JD. We have a guest with us today. We have Michelle, who I know personally, I've heard some of her stories, and she's got some really interesting stuff. So... We're going to focus on a few of those things today and see if we can tune in and offer some guidance on some of those things. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. It's wonderful meeting you. Nice to meet you too. All right, let's get started. We're going to do a little bit of tuning in. We're going to, we know a little bit about some of your story. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about some of the experiences that Michelle has had. And Michelle, can you tell us more about the Blue House? What are some of the experiences that you've had there? Okay, so I moved into the Blue House in 2016 permanently, but when I first met my boyfriend, he lived there in 2015 with his two kids. So I would go up on some weekends and during school vacations. And I always had a very uneasy feeling being there, but a little disclaimer about the house, it was his house with his ex-wife. And it was right next door to his ex-mother-in-law. So I kind of thought that those feelings were a little insecurity around that kind of stuff. So I tried to ignore it. But the more time that I spent there, I realized that the uneasy feeling was this really heavy energy in the house. And his daughter was really affected by it. She had a really hard time sleeping. She would either have to come and sleep with us or I would go and sleep in her room. And I always tried to just brush off what she was feeling until I actually experienced it with her. One night we were laying in her bed. I was trying to comfort her. And then I could feel like this pounding underneath the bed on the floors. So I tried to tell her that it was just the heating vent, the, like the HVAC. But I knew that those were not located under her bedroom. They were on the other side of the house because they're visible. If you were in the basement, you can see where they were. So that was pretty terrifying experiencing like the force of the pounding on the floor underneath the bed. Other things that happened actually caused my significant other to lose his job because I wouldn't let him leave the house. Um, He worked third shift and I was standing in the kitchen making him lunch just to take with him to work. And I had this weird feeling I don't know that I wasn't alone and I could hear someone, you know, the sound, you could hear a man coming up the basement stairs. So the basement led into the kitchen where I was standing and I turned around because it sounded like it was my significant other 
coming up the stairs. The basement door opened, closed. It faced the front door that led out of the kitchen into the outside. So the basement door opened and closed. And then the front door opened and closed. But there was no person. Like you could just hear the footsteps. And so that was it. I ran down the hall. It was a one floor house. So I ran down the hall to the bedroom and he heard me coming. And I told him what happened. And I told him he was not going to work, that he wasn't going to leave me in the house alone. So inevitably, like after a bunch of things like that, we ended up moving. We could, I couldn't stay there anymore, but it took a long time for us to be able to move. So we started the process of looking and maybe a couple weeks later, I was standing in the kitchen in the morning, making breakfast. The kid's dad was asleep because he was still working um, late night shifts. So he was sleeping during the daytime and the kitchen faced the living room. It wasn't open. So there was like a doorway. If I was facing the stove and looked to the left, I could look into the living room and our couch was right there. And my stepdaughter was looking at me kind of funny. And so I asked her what's going on. And she said, who's that man that was just talking to you? I thought it was dad, but he had a ponytail. So I know it wasn't dad. And I looked at her and I looked around me and I told her there was no one else with us. And she kind of laughed and put the blanket over her head and like slunk down into the couch. That day with this guy with the ponytail, I did not feel that anything was around me at that time. Like I didn't think there was anything there. I didn't feel uncomfortable. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And Lisa, I talked to you about this. Whatever was in the house was definitely tormenting her. And I think at one point you like sent energy for me to try and like tamper it down a little bit. We had a Reiki session and I had, you know, I had asked about the guy with the ponytail specifically. Right. And I remember sending some cleansing healing energy to the house. Did that end up working? Like, I don't think I followed up with you what happened after that. How did that go? So this is where it's hard to me to kind of figure out because at the same time that you did that, that was the point where I was like, I'm terrified. I've kind of had it. His ex-wife came and took everything out of the house that was hers. Like it, we had moved it all down into the basement because she didn't have storage. She had nowhere to put it. The same time that you sent healing energy, she removed all of her stuff. A lot of stuff stopped at that point. Once you sent the energy and her belongings were gone, which I thought was really interesting. At that point, I'd had it anyway. So we still went through the process of moving, even though everything kind of subsided at that point. It's interesting you talk about the stuff and the clutter. Uh, Lisa and I were actually talking about that as a future episode, that clutter can hold on to energy. So I think it's very interesting that as that stuff was removed, you started feeling a lessening of the activity. There was one more incident that happened after that, but it was actually outside of the house. So the neighbor had this magnificent like playground equipment structure in her yard. And they always invited my kids to come over and use it whenever they felt like it. There were four swings and my significant other and I were actually looking out the window, watching them because they were laughing and having a good time. We heard them through the window. And so we were both looking out and the girls had gotten off the swings and were talking to each other. 
And I looked and I noticed that one of the swings and the girls, neither of the girls were on this swing. One of the swings was swinging by itself. Oh, it was not windy that day. And only one of the swings was moving. The two girls started screaming like a scream I've never heard before. The little girl ran to her grandmother's house. My stepdaughter ran in our house and we said, what happened? And she said, the swing said something really mean. And to this day, she will not tell us what the swing said to her. And that was probably five years ago. Wow. I have goosebumps running through my body that gave me chills. I forgot a lot of these details and now I'm really starting to come back to it. I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot how intense this was when I tuned into it. My significant other was always really good with me because he knows how scared that I get. So he would always try and reason everything away. And he really, he had nothing that day. So we moved very shortly after that. But we had been in the process for a while. It's not like it was a rash thing because of that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. since we moved here, it's been like a completely different experience. Interesting. So I know that this is a bit unrelated. However, it's still related to experiences that you tend to encounter I know that at the new house things have been peaceful but I also know that you had an event happen to you on your way to work one morning yes I love that I think I'm the only one that knows this story except for a few other people because it's this is another intense event that Michelle has experienced so if you could tell us more about that I think everyone would like to hear it There's this long stretch of road that runs right next to a river and a railroad track that's still in use. The train comes through every day, multiple times a day. Um, It's not a commuter rail. It's um, like the freight train. Yes. Yeah. Freight train. Thank you. So it's all woods on the right side and on the left side, it's all farms. There's actually an enormous like cannabis farm right on the left side. So it's big open stretches. And every morning on my way to work, I would pass this woman running. She jogs every morning and I'd always look out for her because I was terrified that I was going to look at my radio or something and not see her. So I always looked out for her. And one day there was a man running, like sprinting speed. And I should say that I leave for work very early in the morning. I leave um, anywhere between 4.30 and 5.30. So this is why this is very strange. This man is sprinting and I don't know what he was running from or running to, but he was, I, I don't know how I know these details, but I could see them. He was wearing a V-neck sweater vest and corduroy pants. So he wasn't like, out there exercising. So that's why he stood out and it made me a little uncomfortable. And when I got close to him, he hung a left and ran into the woods. And I thought that was very bizarre. I kept going because I, I don't know, I just thought I was really uncomfortable. So I kept going and I saw the woman running and I was like, I can't let her run past this man because it's very bizarre that he's standing there in the woods. Like I was thinking that, I don't know, something could happen to her. I don't know what this guy's intentions were. It didn't make sense that anyone would be out there at that time in the morning um, wearing basically like business casual wear. So I turned around and I came back and I, I flashed my lights at the woman 
and I rolled my window down and I said, look, there's a guy, I know this is probably nothing. And this is totally weird that I'm talking to you, but there was a guy who ran off into the woods and you're about to pass him. I think you should turn around. I don't think you should. I just have this feeling that you shouldn't walk past him. And she got very kind of freaked out. And I said, do you want me to just drive you home? And I can't even believe it, but she trusted me, got in the car with me. And so we kept going. She told me where to go. So now I'm facing where I had passed the guy. So I'm driving back up the road towards my house. And I looked off to the left to where I knew the guy was. And he was there in the woods. But his face was completely lit up. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I swear he had red eyes. And the woman and I looked at each other and I said, did you just see that? And she kind of said yes, but was also as terrified as me. So we just kept going. And she told me where she lived. I dropped her off and I, ha- I can't go that way. I'm pretty sure she won't go that way either. <laughs> I have 10 minutes out of my way to avoid going down that stretch of road. Completely worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so Lisa told me a little bit about that gentleman prior, but I asked her not to give me any details. So all I knew that was Ponytail Man. And before we started today, I wanted to tune in just to see what I had gotten. And first thing, I, you know, he popped in right away. Wow. He has a very strong energy. I got a name. I got the name Roger. Now, I, I, I asked him, like, me like the Jolly Roger and he kind of laughed. So there's a little bit of a sense of humor there, but I can tell you he was not happy with me tuning in because he had expressed that he had been around for a while. I think he is multi-generational. I don't think he's house specific. I think he was with, with somebody in the family before you guys. I don't necessarily think he's the negative energy. I don't think so either, because other people have sensed him since I've lived in that house. Yes. And I don't feel negative energy anymore since I've left that house. Oh, and I'm getting goosebumps when you said that. Yeah, I don't feel that he was the negative energy. Before we end our podcast today, which isn't for a while, I do want to go through a release process with you and that house so you can release some of that energy. Okay. But yeah, with him, I don't feel negativity. He doesn't really want to go anywhere, although I do feel he is an attachment and we are going to try to cross him over today with your permission. And, you know, he seemed right now to be the only one around you because I did try to tune in to see if I could pick anything else up. I am going to do a little bit more tuning in. The other things that I saw is that you are without a doubt a medium. I saw a lot of crown chakra energy. When I say chakras, do you know what that is? Not really. I haven't looked into it a whole lot. Okay. So through the body, there are energy wheels and they are called chakras. Think of the colors of the rainbow. They run from the crown of your head all the way down to pelvic floor, but there's other sub chakras. We're not going to get into that today. When I see somebody's crown chakra lighting up like that, it usually means they have strong amounts of ability. So whether you use it or not, 
intentionally is a whole other story, but you definitely have ability. Okay. When you have ability like this, it does mean that you kind of become a magnet. So we're also going to talk a little bit about how to shut that down when you don't want to pick things up. Okay. So that you can have a little bit more control over that. So let me just tune in now and see what else I'm picking up. Oh, the other thing, and it's your stepdaughter, correct? Yes. I was tuning in to her and she felt clean and clear. So she, while she may also have ability, I didn't feel any attachments. So she might pick up on spirits, but I don't feel like they're attaching to her. And remind me later to tell you how to address with her some of the things that she can do that's in a more kid-friendly way. How old is she? 12. 12. Okay. Yes. So I've come across this before, um, children with abilities and specifically children who are picking up negative energies and things that you can kind of word in, in a more kid-friendly way. So let me tune into you and see if there's just anything else, because while we're clearing, we might as well just clear it all. Um, let's see. I'm also an empath. Have you been having headaches? I have. Yes. I get migraines all the time. I've been, I've having a lot of back pain and I think that's why I've been having headaches. Yeah. Cause I'm feeling it right in the front of my head, which is usually tension-based. So do watch how you are holding yourself, especially um, if you sit at a computer for long amounts of time. Okay. Uh, let's see. And my, actually my stepdaughter has been out of school for three days with a migraine. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we'll send her some energy as well. Oh yeah. Do you have a little lower back pain as well? Yes. Yep. Right around the hip area. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm scanning for spirit, I also get other things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm what you call a medical medium, but as an empath, I do pick up physical issues as well. You know, honestly, the only other thing I'm picking up with you is high amounts of stress. Like do what you can to release that because you live with some sensitive people and they take that on as well. Okay. And and I do feel like some of what you're getting and what you're holding on to is not your own, which tells me that you're empathic as well. That, that is a gift that more people have than I think realize you know, and it is for those who are listening, an empath is different than empathy. It, it's the same idea, but with an empath, you feel other people's emotions and physical issues almost as if it's your own. And the challenge with empaths is to not pick up and hold on to other people's energy. It's also probably why the clearing of the items in the house helped a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Because if, especially if there was bad feelings, bad, you know, emotions associated with that on both sides, both the ex and, and your husband, is it husband or boyfriend? Uh, Boyfriend, but we've been together long enough. (laughs) Well, fiance, really. (laughs) Fiance. Okay. So with your fiance, I'm sure just even having that stuff in the house, every time you walk by it, you, you have like that little spike of adrenaline 
Like when you see something, you're like, oh, you know, and so you're picking up on that as well. So the more that you can clear this, the better. All right. So let me just, I'm checking out the space now. I like to call it zooming out my camera. For those who don't know, you can't really see because I have my, well, this is podcast. Of course you can't see, but my eyes are closed and I just, it's kind of like I'm, I'm walking in like a movie set. So in my mind, I close my eyes and I'm now backing my camera up to see more of the set. That makes sense. Oh, oh, all of a sudden I picked up anxiety that was not yours. Oh. Okay, do you have somebody else in the house right now? My fiance is upstairs and my stepdaughter's sleeping in her room. Oh, your fiance. Uh, anxiety? Yeah, we're going through a lot right now. Okay. But in general, um, kind of an anxious person? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I can feel that right away. Okay. I don't feel it's not from an attachment though. It's just it's life. (laughs) Yeah. That's something to be worked on on another day. Um, yeah, I mean, really the only spirit I'm feeling or was tuning into was we'll call him Roger. Okay. Do Lisa and I have your permission to help him cross over? Yeah. So you don't think he's, he has anything to do with me. We just kind of cross paths somehow. Well, I think that he may have been attached to either your father or grandfather. Oh, like I said, and this is not coming through to me as a relative. So I cleaned out my grandfather's house when he passed. Uh... My uncle and I cleaned out his house. And was that around the time that you started picking up this energy? I don't know. I can't remember. I was very close with him and it was a very difficult thing for me to do. So I don't know if I was really even paying attention to anything like that when I was going through that whole process. I almost didn't go to his funeral because I didn't think I could face it. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. That is very difficult. It is possible that this spirit has been with you guys for a while. And again, because this, the energy is not overtly negative, you may or may not have felt it at that time. Right. But even if this is a relative, they still should be crossed over. Right. For you to give them permission to cross over is very important, especially where you're the one that this gentleman is attached to. Close your eyes for a moment and just, you can either say it out loud or in your mind, just say, I give you permission to go into the light and to leave my energy, however you want to word that. I'm just going to reconnect with him. I think he's trying to hide from me right now. So I'm actually picking up a little bit on almost like a sadness. Like, I feel like he owes somebody something. Somebody really helped him out along the way. And he's like, but I have to stay because I owe it to them. There's a little bit of. uh, Like a debt to be paid. A self-imposed debt. Like it's that they've they personally feel like they need to stay to help. And it, I owe them, I owe them, I owe them. And I think to be able to release that and say, you know, you've done what you needed to, 
Um, I, I think they just need to understand that it's okay to go. Like you, you've done what you could. You've we acknowledge. Are you okay, Michelle? I don't even know why. I have like this overwhelming grief feeling and like this heaviness in my chest. It's bizarre. I was picking up on a sadness in my chest too. That's why I brought it up. That is, by the way, your empathic ability. You are what I would call an emotional empath where I'm more of a physical empath. Just take a nice deep breath. And as Lisa said, give him that idea that whatever he feels his debt is, that it's been paid and that you release him from this debt But also, if you enjoy having this energy around you, you can give him permission to come back once he's crossed over. And that's something people don't realize that, and spirits sometimes don't know either. Once they've crossed over into the light and they've gone through that, and it is a process, it can actually take a long time. But once they've gone through that process of crossing over, they can reconnect. That's where my work as a medium comes in. When I have galleries, we have loved ones that have crossed over already and they can come back and they can still make their presence known. They can still be protective. So if he is acting as a protective energy, which it seems like that he is, that he can still come back once he's crossed over. So mentally, as we're talking through this, you just mentally you know, give him that gratitude and that release and that invitation if you want, once he's crossed over to come back and visit. I'm asking the loved ones that know this spirit to come through and to help him cross over. And I'm asking for the help of the angels to connect with him and to make his way into the light with ease and with grace and with peace in his heart. Michelle, do you give him permission? Yes. In your mind, you can say, with gratitude and forgiveness, I forgive and release you with love and light. I forgive and release you with love and light. Forgive and release you with love and light. And Roger, it is very clear that you care about this family. And once you've crossed into the light, Michelle has expressed that you are welcome back, that you can connect, but you need to be in the light. Oh, there is a little bit of guilt on his side, I heard, but I don't, I don't deserve it. Yeah, I was picking up on some hesitation too. I actually said in my mind that you deserve it. Oh, wow. my wow. oh my goodness. Yeah, he, you do deserve it, Roger. Everybody deserves it. There is no soul so dark that they don't deserve to go into the light. And there is a space that I call kind of the light box where you go and you can release and you can forgive yourself but you're forgiven by those on this plane, Roger. I just told him that there's nobody on this plane that is holding him guilty or accountable in any way. I think some of your headaches may release when, when he crosses. Okay. Because the headache is getting even stronger now. 
may have been a gunshot wound involved. I can't, I can't tell if it's, if it's a gun gunshot wound or if it's, oh gosh, if it was like an aneurysm, but there's something going on with the, the head. I'm going to call my dad on my way to work and just see what he knows about that name. Yeah. He said, I'll go. And all of a sudden I felt a release. I was just going to say, I felt a bit of a transition. I sat back and relaxed a little bit just now. Yeah. And my headache is all of a sudden going away. My head just got tingly and my chest opened up. Yeah. That is, by the way, how I know when a, when a spirit has crossed, especially one that is having that heaviness attached with them. Wow. It's funny. I can still hear him a little bit, but it's almost like a distant echo. And he said, he said, I'll be back. It's not, it was almost with a smile. Mm -hmm. So you may get signs of him down the road, but it'll be a very different feeling when he's around. Okay. When energies that are that heavy transition, they do have a period of detox where they can heal and release before fully entering into the light. Okay. Now, Lisa, are you getting anything else? I'm not other than what you said about detox for you, Michelle, you're going to feel that detox like you are now, which is grief. As that energy pulls away, it is going to feel heavy, but it will get lighter. But again, it's expressed in grief. Sometimes we'll all of a sudden think of a loved one who's passed and we just start to tear up their presence. That's almost like the effect that it has on humans. It kicks off, you know, like that endorphin release. So you're going to have an endorphin release as they pull away as well. So you might be a little bit weepy today. Okay. You'll be okay. (laughs) Yes. I do feel, yeah, it it is going to take a little bit of time. I feel like that transition period is, is wide for him. There's a bit of, it's almost like walking through mist. Yeah. It's a little heavy. It's a little dark, but he's going to see lights and and signs along the way as he's progressing and it's going to get brighter for him so it may be it could go anywhere from a few days to a few weeks but he's definitely he's exploring he's going through and I think a lot of people you know not to change anyone's beliefs today but for some of us that is judgment and when you cross over judgment is not a higher being telling you what you've done wrong, but for you to be able to process what you went through in life. And so right now he's going through his judgment period where he can use his own judgment to analyze what he accomplished, what he didn't get to do, unresolved issues. It's his process. So he's going through his judgment process right now. And again, that's the transition and it may take a little while. So you might feel weepy today you might get that random sadness during the week as he progresses and as his energy starts to pull away a little bit but again uh, like he said he'll be back okay now I do want to take some time with you to help release the energy from the blue house okay just relax yourself a little bit I want you in that same process that we helped release Roger I want you to see all cords 
And when I say cords, for those who are listening who don't know what that means, cords are like little threads or sometimes big threads of energy that connect. Sometimes I've seen them look like cables. Sometimes they look like spider webs. Every cord is different and they can be to people, to spirits like we just saw, or in this case, to places. And because that house had so much trauma for you, there are going to be some cords there that we are going to let go and we're going to have you release. So just picture those cords or see if you can feel them. And sometimes they run deep, sometimes they're shallow, and we are asking for angelic help. I usually like to ask Archangel Michael to please help in the release process. But we are asking not that these cords are cut, but that they are fully released all the way to their root. And as you are seeing them released, I'm going to be sending some energy and I'm going to help remove them. And as I'm releasing, I want you to, again, in your mind, say three times or until you feel it's resolved, I forgive and release in love and light. I forgive and release in love and light. I forgive and release in love and light. All lessons associated with this space have been completed. All lessons associated with this space have been completed. All lessons associated with this space are completed. All of a sudden, I just felt a little bit of release from you, like a relaxing. Yeah. And my frontal lobe is like all tingly. Mm. I felt a a pull away too and it it almost seemed like like you said a cable made up a bunch of little strands but there is definitely something I don't think that you're the only one in that neighborhood that's experienced things I think something goes from house to house because as I was releasing it I was visualizing the house to release it it was almost like I had to keep turning my head because it kept moving it was in the land, it was in the house, it was next door, it was, yeah. so there's definitely something in that neighborhood. So I tried to expand some of that healing as I sent it. I'm going to close off the energy flow and just send in light. Whenever you remove something, you always want to picture light replacing it. Nature loves a vacuum. And so if you leave something in your energy field empty, something similar is going to find its way there. So we always like to send that little extra healing to those spots that have released. So just kind of seeing you flooding up with light. Translating the Reiki process into podcast format is very interesting, I have to say. It is interesting. I was just going to use the word interesting. (laughs) All right. Now that's all I'm seeing. I feel like that release is complete. And again, in the same way that you felt release with Rogers crossing, you may feel as strange as this sounds for as traumatic as that was, you may have some emotions continue to release throughout today and tomorrow. Treat this like you would any physical detox, have plenty of water, plenty of rest. Okay. If you have emotions, just allow them to happen. If you want to cry, you cry, laugh, laugh, whatever you need to do to let go of those emotions. Don't just stuff them back. They'll find a way of creeping back up. So might as well let them go when they happen. Do you have any questions or thoughts or 
feelings that you're experiencing right now? The whole releasing the blue house, like I really didn't think I had any connection to there anymore until you did that. And I felt like the tingling. So I was like, maybe it was just like a little bit that was still in there because I barely ever think about it. I have to drive by the house to get to the grocery store. Like there's no other way around it. Uh. And I never, I never looked that way. I never, I don't know. I never have any apprehensive feelings, but I, I just never look that way. So I thought I was all done there, but I definitely felt the tingle. So now I think I really am done there. (laughs) I think considering that and going back to the running man, now would actually be a good time, Jay, for us to discuss with Michelle, how she can control or work with some of her abilities when she drives by this house or when she picks up on energies and areas because clearly she can (laughs) yes so if we can help her with that today too I think that would be fantastic let me ask your opinion then so when I had the woman in my car and I said did you just see that she really didn't answer so do you think that she didn't see it and she thinks that I'm completely insane and then she was in my car (laughs) terrified that she was in my car she I no, I don't get that feeling. I, I think she okay. might have been in a bit of disbelief or shock, or she might not have experienced it the same way that you did. But I, I do get the feeling that she experienced something, whether it was a okay, feeling good. or chills, or you know, she might not have physically seen it like you did, which by the way has a name. I don't know if Lisa has mentioned it before on this podcast, but that is called physical mediumship when you're able to physically see something as if it is physically there. I am what's called a mental medium where things come through images and symbols in my third eye or in my mind's eye. Sometimes I will get physical apparitions, but I'm kind of happy I don't because I think I'd be really freaked out. I actually say out loud sometimes that I don't want to see anything. Because I, I do get scared. And honestly, my stepdaughter has told me that she's seen a little old lady down here in the basement. Okay. And Jack has too. And I've said out loud, I don't want to see you. My stepdaughter is not afraid of her. Like she's happy when she's around. I don't feel her very often here, but they do for some reason. Well, that, you know what, that could be a family relation, which is why they're seeing them stronger or more often. And it could also be why she's not afraid because there could be some familial connection. Gotcha. Okay. And that is something too, that post the session, if you ever want another session, I think with either Lisa or I to continue that I did not pick up on her today, but that may be something that you want to follow up on. But usually if, especially if it is a relative, I don't, if they're crossed over, they're crossed over. Right. What you said of, I don't want to see you. That is a perfect example of setting boundaries. Okay. Something else that you can do is take time either in the morning or evening to close your chakras. Now do go on Google, just take a look of what chakras look like or what they are 
but how I open and close them. And you can always ask for either your guides to help you or your angels. There's a particular angel you connect with. I usually ask Archangel Michael, but you can picture them opening and closing like little flowers. To me, that's a very gentle, easy way of picturing it. Like I picture little lotus flowers opening and closing. So if you want to get information, picture them opening. Okay. If you don't, like let's say you're going into an old building or you're going into a hospital. That's not the time you really want it open. Close it down. (laughs) You know, and so especially if you have to drive past the blue house, even though we disconnected, if there is a lot of trauma and energy going on around there, maybe on your drive, you want to make sure that you're closed. Okay. And you can also ask your guides. You don't have to know their names. You just say the guide that walks with me please help me to close my chakras and set the boundary of, I do not want to see or experience energy from the other side. Okay. Or earthbound energy, which is what I think that man was, is an earthbound energy. Which is funny because I thought that maybe he was the guide that walked with me. And I think that's why I had a hard time letting him go. So attachments can act as guides, but guides are not earthbound and they're kind of out of the incarnation cycle. So we can have loved ones that act as our guides from the other side. And if a guide kind of leaves you in that way, you almost don't even know, like another guide will just kind of slip in. You're not, it's not going to be traumatic. I've had many guides over the years kind of come and help me during different phases. There's one that walks with me. And honestly, it took my grandmother (laughs) seeing him and naming him. Our guides are almost like, I like to call them stage crew because they tend to like to be in the background and they don't necessarily make themselves known other than trying to give you those nudges and those gentle pushes. So they can act as guides and protectors, especially if. They feel a connection to the family, but he can come back and guide you from the other side, but it'll be a little bit gentler, a little bit easier, and with a little less emotional intensity. Gotcha. And they still maintain their personality. The guides that I've worked with all have very distinct personalities. And like my guide, he tends to be very serious. But when I first started this journey, there was a guide that made himself known to me in the form of a Robin. And when he appeared, he appeared as a, as a young man dressed all in Brown with this shock of red hair. And he's like, hi, I'm Robin. And he had this cheeky little grin and I'm like, Rob, but I didn't put together like the bird until I was walking in the woods and there was this Robin that kept following me. And I was like, oh. Oh, (laughs) and I mean, he looked like he walked out of some 1800s like movie. It it was just, it was the strangest thing, but they can maintain their personalities and they'll come to you at different points in your life. And loved ones absolutely can act as guides. However, loved ones have a little bit more at stake. Right. When guiding you, because they they still have an investment in the family, so they're not necessarily the one that will walk with you. Okay. 
Any other questions or thoughts? Not right now, but I'm sure I'll have plenty <laughs> later in the day. Oh, and the one, the, the one bit of information, and this is not just for you and your stepdaughter, but for any other child who, well, not child who's listening, but somebody who might have kids who have dealt with negative energies. I like to equate them to bullies that if you have a bully in this life in physical three-dimensional world, I, you know, I asked the child that I was working with, I said, do you have to listen to what a bully says? And the, the kid very clearly said no. And I asked them, I said, do you, because they were being told to do stuff from a very negative energy. And I was trying to gauge like if this child was a medium or if there was something more going on that maybe a doctor should be consulted. Yeah. And the kid was super clear on like, no, I I don't feel compelled to follow any of these directions, but it was bothering them. Like, you know, just getting that information. I said, just think of it as a bully. Like this is a bully that you, you can choose to ignore. And so if you are afraid of an energy, you have that power to say, not in my house, not in my space. Okay. This is your space, your house, your energy field. And just like with humans, no means no. So if you tell an energy to go, there can be some stubbornness, but that that's when I call in the angels. Like I, I will ask for angelic help. If I need it, you don't have to know, know the name of particular angels, but you can just ask for spiritual help. Or at that point, it might be good to get, you know, somebody like, Lisa or I to kind of help with that process of release. Cause you know, sometimes it does take a little bit more than your own, especially if you are in a place of fear, but when you're ready to release or set your boundaries, do it in a time when you are strong and when you're feeling confident, because then it gives, it gives a little more authority to those statements to this is my space, my time. And you can give the same advice to your stepdaughter that she has a right to claim her energetic space. I think a thing to remember in regards to confidence is you're an earthly presence on the earthly plane. They're a spiritual presence on the earthly plane. Earth energy matches earth energy. So your energy here is stronger than their energy is here. Okay. So if you can think of it that way, that also builds up confidence too, because they're the ones that are in a place where they don't belong. You are absolutely where you belong. Yes. And so again, let that confidence of your energy matches the plane that we're on and theirs doesn't will help with some of that confidence in knowing that you can set the boundary because it really is your space energetically. That is so beautifully said, Lisa. Thank you. Wow. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. That was intense. That was a lot of stuff in a little bit of time. And we appreciate so much that you shared your story and your healing with us today. Thank you. I appreciate it because I learned so much and that, that was an awesome experience. So thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Souls and spirits, thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, may love and light surround you and your loved ones. Thank you for joining us today for our visit with spirit. 
We hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments, or would like to be a guest on our show, email us at visitwithspirit at gmail.com or find us on social media. Until next time, may love and light surround you, and come back again to Visit With Spirit.